Amanda and Barron with Kicking Cancer Cares back again, and we've got Casey in studio with us. Before we pick up where we left off, I want to give a shout out to our sponsors for this second half, which is Five Marketing. So if you need anything done for your website, he is definitely your guy. He's absolutely amazing. And then keep it Sarah simple. She can help you with all of your dietary needs, your questions. Uh, if you just want to get a healthy, healthier lifestyle, she is definitely your girl. So it's Five Marketing and keep it Sarah simple. All right, let's pick up where we left off. So we were talking about this, what what Chris Hort calls the beat cancer mindset. Mm-hmm. And I love some of the stuff he talks about in the very first one. Because the first one is just accept responsibility for your health. Right. And I think that Casey would agree that that applies to everything, not just cancer. Right. right? Absolutely. But, I think a lot of these things you can apply to just everything. Right. Just a general life. Yeah. But I like what he says here. It says, you are not powerless and you are not a victim. Yeah. The health, the health or disease you are experiencing today is largely the result of the diet and lifestyle decisions you've made in the past. Mm-hmm. If you abuse your body, it is going to break down eventually. Yeah. But if you take care of your body, it will work better and you will increase your odds of health, healing, and long life. Cancer is not the cause of a sick body. It is the effect yes. of a sick body. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times we talked about with, like when Brenda talked, called in, we talked about antioxidants. Yes. Um, I think that Casey would agree that a, a plant-based diet is probably a better option, right, Casey? <laughs> <laughs> oh, any time I've been doing doing my best, it's when I'm it's when I'm eating right, and plant-based is the way to go. Yeah. So now with plant-based, can you include meat, mm-hmm. or is it strictly? Can you explain to me what plant-based is? Well, well, for me, I I read a lot of books of these ultra runners, and and a lot of them go totally. You know, I, I hate to use the word vegan because so much, you know, social stereotypes go in it. Right. Um, but when I really started going plant based, I think that's kind of the guiding principle. Instead of having the main part of your meal be, you know, meat, the main part of your meal needs to be vegetables. You know, whether that be whatever it is, you know, broccoli, carrots, uh, spaghetti. Asparagus. Squash, yeah, what, whatever it is, have that be the main part of your meal rather than the meat. And honestly, there there's not meat much meat in our house just because uh, the main part of our meals uh, veer towards the vegetables. Right. Okay. And we have touched on this, and I would I would reiterate this that if you are going to eat meat, make sure the meat you eat is actually eating plants. Right. Because we've talked about the fact that there are cafos out there where the cows aren't eating what they're supposed to eat. Right. They're, they're being in a contained area. They're being fed corn, which is not what cows typically eat. Uh, and so if you're eating, if you choose to eat meat, and we're not telling you don't, but if you choose to eat meat, um, you know, God designed animals to roam around and eat plants, not eat corn in a contained area. Right. Um, and, I, you know, I would tell people that about 80% of your plate should be plants. Okay, so does potatoes count as sure a plant yeah. like a you know like mashed potatoes? You yeah. know, I, I I really hate going the nitty piggy on vegetables. I mean, yeah, if you want to get into it, there are healthier. I mean, right. we can go 
to the extreme, you know, start talking about antioxidants and uh, talk about the nightshade vegetables and blah, blah, and you can go on and on and on. But honestly, where most people are at, start with vegetables. Okay. As long as it's a plant, that's fine. Uh, the more we get complicated with what plant, what vegetable, you can get into that later. But start now with more vegetables on your plate. Okay. Yeah, I think that's what does scare me. It's like, well, what's the right one? What's the wrong one? What's the good one? Which one's better for you? You've, got, you've got to start moving the needle at some point. Yeah. And if all you do is start with, okay, potatoes are a vegetable. I'm going to eat more of that. Then you could go to a different type of potato. So then do my... Potato chips. Potato chips that I have here in studio so, with me. So the guide I use is the less processed it is, the healthier it's going to yes. be for you. That was, yeah. Um, I mean, I grew up learning about empty calories and blah, blah, blah and all that stuff. But honestly, the, less, the least processed foods are going to be the better for you. Yeah. And so with potato chips, if they're baked, that's still better. Probably more on a homemade level, yeah. I would imagine. There you go. I mean, I remember, you know, before I met, before Brent and I started this crazy adventure four years ago, like six or seven years ago, um, there's a couple of restaurants, and I'm not going to call anybody out, but when I would go there, they had a special on a, on a 16-ounce prime rib, which is a lot of meat. A lot. And a big baked potato next to it, and about this much broccoli. Right, mm-hmm. and, and this much is like a this much, like, like, like a, a fifty cent piece it, size. It's not much. <laughs> yeah. So, so in that plate, that was your vegetable. But that plate was probably ninety percent either meat or starch because the potato was starch, mm-hmm. and a little bit of green vegetables. You've got to reverse that. You've got to get 90 percent dark green vegetables, and if you're going to do some meat, less of it. Yeah. And chicken's better than a prime rib. Mm-hmm. Now, Prime rib is good, don't get me wrong, but 16 ounces of prime rib is a lot of prime rib. Yeah. I think I do red meat on um, special occasions, if at all. I think since we had a discussion about it and then I had it the very next day, it made me realize just how heavy it made me feel, how tired and lethargic I got. And it wasn't even that good. It was really chewy and it was a really good cut. It was like, I'll take my chicken back Yeah, <laughs> any day, all day. So I, I just think that that interesting that the very first point you talk about is you got to take responsibility. Yeah. And, and I, I think that Casey is the epitome of this happened, but take responsibility and move forward. Yeah. Right. So his second point is to be do- we willing to do whatever it takes. And he says the next step is be willing to do whatever it takes to get well, which means be willing to turn your life upside down to change everything. And it can be a struggle, but it can be done. Yeah. Um, and you've talked to Britt on the phone, mm-hmm. and I would say that when she knew her diagnosis, she turned her world upside down. Oh, yeah. Because she had to. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the favorite stories she, she has told me is, you know, she's gone to eating way healthier and juicing and, you know, exercise. And, you know, she's at Yuma, Arizona, 120 degrees in the middle of the day, so she gets up early to exercise and she goes into the dock in case he's No, she, thanks. Uh, you were in Tucson for a while. I know, I, and I don't want to go back. <laughs> Nine, 90 is too hot for me. Yeah, but so she goes into this doctor, and in the waiting room, there's a slate that just had half of her stomach taken out. Yeah. Because the cancer was in her stomach, and so she opted to have that surgery. Mm-hmm. And the lady looked at Brendan and said, 
you, you do you had to change your diet and your that's really hard that's really hard it is, but I think getting half your stomach removed would be hard, too. That's what Brenda said. <laughs> well, so one of the things that Baron has uh, fixated on in the past is you choose your heart. In fact, I, I think I've said that you choose your heart. You know, we uh, we so often are so, uh, you know, engrossed in, in oh, well, you know, I got to work. You know, I got to work. I got to work. I can't. I don't have time to exercise. I don't have time to be healthy. I don't have time for this. Well, you're choosing your heart. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be hard if you take time and invest it in yourself. You're not going to have, you know, the things you have now. But if you start investing in yourself, that's the heart you choose. You're choosing to be healthy. You're choosing that you're more important than whatever it is. Whatever you're it more may important. be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're choosing your heart. Yeah, I like that. You're choosing your heart. Well, I like and I remember exactly where I was at when I had to make that decision. I'd gone to Oktoberfest. And it was right before this whole little crazy thing started. Um, I battle a condition called plantar fasciitis, which is a really painful foot condition. And I had some um, Birkenstocks on, and I'm walking back to where my car's at, and I'm with my grandson, who then was like three or four. Um, and my feet hurt so bad that I stopped to sit down and let him play in the grass. And I thought, I don't want to be that grandpa. I don't want to be the grandpa that can't play with my grandson. Mm-hmm. And so... It's, been, it's really painful to, yeah. to face the plantar treatment that I go through, mm-hmm. but which was harder? Was it harder to do that, or was it harder to sit on the side and watch my grandson and not be able to play with him? Yeah. So you choose your heart. Absolutely. And, you know, for in Brenda's case, she's like, you had half your stomach taken out. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, exercising and good food isn't as hard as that. Yeah, yeah. I, I have friends that, you know, deal with high blood pressure. One was so bad. Um, you know, she was on handfuls of pills, and she decided to choose her heart, started eating clean, super clean, started living, you know, a lot cleaner. She got down to no pills, and the doctor said, why would you wow. do that? Why would you, you know, do all that to, when I could just give you a pill? And she's like, um, I'd rather, <laughs> yeah, it, it, you know, I mean, to some people, it's like, no, duh, we'd rather be off the pills, which yeah. is my feeling as well. Um, but so many people, oh, just take a pill and you can live the way you've always lived, eat what you always wanted to eat, and, you know, Twinkies for days or whatever. But uh, mm-hmm. you, you choose your heart. Yeah. That's something I'm struggling with. I had eating better, as you see. <laughs> Potato chips, I've actually tried cutting carbs out, but I really <laughs> craved chips today. Um, I actually just got diagnosed with uh, nothing crazy but psoriasis, and um, that's been difficult for me, probably just— a week and a half ago, I got diagnosed with it. And it's something I'm very self-conscious about. Um, I've made a lot of little changes uh, down to even not even using a loofah anymore, <laughs> you know, because it's abrasive on my skin, taking daily vitamins and uh, just eating a little bit better, uh, trying to do those little things, trying to avoid stress. That's why I had to go on a walk the other day because <laughs> it's the little things like that flare up. Eating bad, it flares it up. Um, it, it's kind of crazy. So yeah, just choosing your heart and uh, putting yourself first and making those little changes no matter what they may be to just give you a healthier, better lifestyle. So the third point is called take massive action. And I, and I like the way he puts it. He says, a third characteristic of successful survivors is massive action. Massive action is facing your flaws, faults, 
and fears, changing your whole life, getting rid of everything that might be keeping you sick, and replacing disease promoters with health promoters. Yeah. Uh, And he mentions later that the first two years after a cancer diagnosis are the most critical. I believe it. Five years is like this magic mark. If you can survive five years, it's a magic mark. Mm -hmm. But those first two years are so critical, and that massive action is so critical. But I think if you go back there, you know, you and I have talked about the fact that I I battled through some pretty bad depression several years ago. And Brent always reminds me, I'm either feeding my depression or I'm feeding my body. Right. Right? In Brent's case, I'm feeding my cancer, I'm feeding my body. You can apply it to everything in your life. But he says you need to get rid of everything that... Replace disease promoters with health promoters. Yeah. Get rid of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And like jump in the deep end. Just do it. Yeah. Massive action. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that for those that don't know, Casey speaks all of the United States to youth and everybody. And that's kind of your message too, isn't it, Casey? You know, as you were talking, one thing keeps running through my head. Uh, so many of us struggle with inaction. Uh, We, you know, we're on our phones. We're entertaining ourselves to death. You know, and so much we, we're going to live a life of inaction because we're on our phones. Uh, and it's the same exact concept that you're talking about. We're, we're feeding our inaction. We're feeding the addiction to do nothing. Uh, and if we can take that massive action to the contrary, I don't care what it is, whether it is coming and run a Spartan race with me or um, starting a new business, learning something, whatever it is, if we can take that massive action in our lives to improve our lives, it is going to literally change absolutely everything. Yeah, I believe it. All right. Number four? Yeah. Number four. So he says, make plans for the future. And I, I love the way he phrases this. He says, document every detail of your cancer journey. Journal. Do a video diary. Plan on being well and document what you're doing so you can use that when you've learned to help other people once they are well, once you are well. Okay. So I started something based on some advice from a friend. I started this actually five years ago now. It's called a three-year journal. And so it's just one binder, divided, each page is divided into three, and it's a real quick snapshot of what happened that day. But then the next year on the exact same page is the exact same day one year later. Okay. Right? Yeah. Didn't realize now how valuable that would be as I was beginning to go through this. Right. But if if you stop and just, and it's just one quick paragraph. Um, you know, Casey's got five kids. So maybe that day was just like chasing kids. <laughs> that, that's all that happened that day, chasing kids. But if you document what you did, well, if you're in the midst of the cancer journey, document it. And it's going to get, and then, and then have some place you're going to. Like when I'm feeling well, we're going to Hawaii or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, because you've got to have plans for the future. You have to have that North Star goal. There you go. True yeah. North. True North. True North. Am I saying it wrong? North yeah, Star? Yeah, North Star. That's, that's the that true what, North. Okay. Well, okay, fine. Now we're getting into it. So there's magnetic <laughs> North, which is not true North. So a lot of people know what a compass is. Your compass directions is not actually true North. True North is pretty much where that North Star is. Okay. So if you follow the North Star, it's going to be slightly different. Honestly, I don't know the degrees from where we're at, but Magnetic North is not the same as True North. Interesting. And so that's the whole concept. If you follow this Magnetic North, you're going to be off track. You're going to veer off. If you follow your True North, 
if you follow that North Star, you're always going to be heading towards that right goal. Direction. It doesn't okay. matter how far off course you go. If you know where that true north is, you'll be able to get there. Okay. I wasn't sure if I said it right. I, I like yeah, that a lot. I've, yeah, yeah. I've already used it several it, times it's pretty, today. Yeah, I love it. It's it's I use it a lot. It's, it's good. good. It keeps it's you good. in line. Exactly. Well, and, and once you know what your truth nor is true north is, then you've got to plan to head towards. And like Casey says, life's going to happen. Something's going to happen. And if you don't know where you're headed, you're going to allow whatever gets thrown at you to veer you off track. Absolutely. And I think too many people, um, I call them wandering generalities, mm-hmm. but they literally have no clue where they're going. They're like, like, like those old pinball machines, <laughs> and you send the ball out, and it's got the little flippers, yeah. right? And so these people are like the little ball, and whatever hits them, and they bounce over here and bounce over there, they have no clue where they're headed. So I feel like that might be me. So I've, I've been thinking... <laughs> I've been thinking, Are you the ball or the flipper? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I've been thinking like, well, what's my true north? My big goal. I mean, the only thing I can really think of is my big goal is to buy a home, but it's like, it's got to be something better than that. You know what I mean? So I'm sitting over here and you're like, you know, there's those wandering people and here I am. <laughs> well, I think sometimes it, the, the true north is not that that flippant. <laughs> you can go the pinball analogy. It's not that flippant decision like I think my true north is going to be to breed, you know, puppies. I don't think, you know, whether – maybe that is going to be it eventually. But you got to decide what you're really passionate about, you know, what you truly want to pursue in life. Yeah, getting a house, that, that's a good stopover goal. What's the right. eventual goal? Is it a, a family? Stone. Is it, you know, what what it is, is it about that home that drives you? Um, yeah. So as we look towards that goal, and honestly, I suggest if somebody's really interested in finding your true north, take some time. Invest some time into looking for what your true north is, because if you're bouncing from what you think north to north to north to north, it's not going to work. Right. There's going to be no direction. But as you find that true north and pursue it, you know, maybe in five years it's going to change. And, you know, that's all right. But you, you progressed. You got better for five whole years in one direction. And, and that's that's pretty awesome. Yeah. I think once I make find out what my true north is, then you can, you're only moving forward. Exactly. You're only moving forward. So yep. I've been pondering that one. Sure. <laughs> Always have to ponder, right? Yeah. <laughs> so the fifth one he mentions is enjoy your life and the process. And I love the way he says it because when I, when I started this, again, I didn't start this to be where it is today. I started this to help Brenda out. We were just going to do a warrior dash. Casey was with us at that warrior dash. Um, it literally was supposed to end that day. Right. And she flew home, and I just called her. And I said, you know what you're doing to stay alive? Some of my friends had to change their diet and exercise a little bit, do the warrior dash. And so she came back in July of 18, and, and now here we're still with kicking cancer. But a friend of mine saw me, and I was so excited about the warrior dash that I was already thinking about what to do next. Right. And he said, don't look so far past the mark that you don't enjoy the journey. Yes, that's a big one. And, and so in he, the book, he says, make a decision to live in the present and to enjoy your life right now. Depression suppresses the immune system. Yeah, I believe that 100%. And, you know, people 
get sick and they're not feeling well and the inflammation and unfortunately depression is actually feeding that situation. Yeah. And sometimes it's just a matter of going, what's good in my life? You know, reevaluating. Yeah. At some of the seminars that we've done, and, and Kay's done a few of these with us, um, I right up finally said, Baron, you need to tell your story. So I told my story about depression. Um, but, you know, I, I tell people that there's a, some things that you can control within your depression. Mm-hmm. And one of them is what you eat. Yeah. Because serotonin, which is in your brain, is your pleasure center. But 90% of your serotonin is actually created in your stomach. Oh, I didn't know that. So what you eat goes to your stomach. And there's these little receptors in your stomach that that send signals to your brain. And so what you're eating creates the serotonin because of those little receptors. Okay. So I, I, you know, I jokingly said to somebody that, you know, here's this girl and, she, you know, her boyfriend breaks up with her and then she's super, super sad. And, and so she just sat with her two new boyfriends, Ben and Jerry. <laughs> I think I met those guys uh, during COVID. They, we, were, we hung out a lot. Like a lot of people met Ben and Jerry during COVID. <laughs> You know, but but because, and again, Ben & Jerry's is pretty good ice cream, but that much, even a pint of Ben & Jerry's is way more ice cream than you should be eating. Right. And so you're feeding your depression. Yeah. And and it's going into those receptors in your stomach, and then it's not going to your brain. And, and so, you know, depression suppresses your immune system. Yeah. I'm struggling with eating right now. My <laughs> stinking Rice Krispie treats in my cupboard. I have two left. So once they're gone tonight, then it's over. But every time I go, I'm like, I'm not going to eat. Because, like I said, I'm trying to cut carbs and sugars completely out of my diet. And these Rice Krispie treats haunt me. And it's been a rough week. <laughs> and so last night I grabbed two of them and there was two left. It was like, I'll be back for you tomorrow. And then I am done. <laughs> I am done. <laughs> but after I eat it, I'm like, I feel so good just opening up that wrapper. That and comfort then, food. And then after I eat it, it's like, what have I done? I need to go throw those other two away. But I, I that's my tonight. <laughs> that's your side. <laughs> that's what's getting you through the day is those Rice Krispie treats. Gosh, huh? but it's depressing. And it's like food like that. It just doesn't feel good. And so I feel like that kind of tied in. Yeah, it does. Well, the last comment in here, and I think this applies to some things that, that, with Brenda. So I remember you commented that radio show we did, and Brenda made a comment that kind of struck you. And, and Brenda said this several times. She says, I'm not afraid to die. I just don't want to be my fault. Yes. That was a big one. Right? Yeah. So do what you can to take care of your health. And so he says, there are a thousand different ways you could die besides cancer. Mm-hmm. You know, you could die in a car wreck. You could trip and hit your head on a pavement. You could choke on peppermint. You know, yeah. there's a thousand ways to die besides cancer. Mm-hmm. So take control of your health and do what you can to be healthy. Um, and, and in Brenda's case... It is metastatic. It's still in her body. Right. And and so if she doesn't stay active, then it could come back to haunt her. Right. She continues to fight daily with everything that she does for her health and her just well-being all the way around and her self-care. And that's admirable because it's it's not easy staying on the right track and the right path. And I think we're only human, so it's... We, we have our slip-ups and our falls. I mean, I went four months with no carbs and sugar, and one day I broke, and here I am just battling it hard again. <laughs> um, but if you just keep fighting and you keep pushing yourself, I think it will help. So, Casey, you've been with me from day one, <laughs> when it wasn't anything other than just something with Brenda. Yeah. What's, what's your 
perspective, outsider looking in as to what's going on with kicking cancer? Well, kicking cancer is, well, I, honestly, it's like everything else in life. This movement has started uh, the grassroots as you can possibly go. And uh, as it goes on, it's developing and figuring out how it's going to help people. Uh, it, it's got its true north. <laughs> it, it, it knows where it's going. Uh, and it's definitely had the hang-ups just like everything else in our lives. But kicking cancer is out there to help people. And it is doing it by sometimes by the one-on-one and sometimes, like now, we're doing it through the radio, through the masses. Uh, it, it's pretty incredible what you can achieve when, like we've said, that true north is achieved. And kicking cancer has that true north. It is going to help people realize that cancer can be beat. Cancer is not the rest of your life. It is just something that happened and now we're going to live our best life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So in our last seconds here, one last plug that if you want to actually meet Casey, see him, we have a day retreat. It's two weeks from today. Go to our website, kicking-cancer.org, hit events, and then register to come meet Casey at that event. Awesome. Perfect. Quick shout out to our sponsors again, Five Marketing and Keep It Sarah Simple. And we'll be back next Saturday as as the the movement movement continues. continues.